Triple M. Rush Hour. Hey guys, your favourite podcast is just seconds away, but what if you could listen to it without worrying about using data? Got an offer for you right now. Uh, if you go to ilovedata.com.au, you're going to get 50 gigs of data for only $59.95 a month. There's no contracts. There's no catches. It's ilovedata.com.au. Open that up on your browser now and let's get into the podcast. Big one tonight. We'll chat with Bathurst winner Will Davison as the debate about Jamie Wincup's penalty continues. The coroner's inquiry into Philip Hughes' death begins and it's already getting very sad and very ugly. We'll talk Socceroos and A-League and Gerds is in. Welcome to the Rush Hour. Welcome aboard. What about all of you people after four hours of Bathurst saying, oh, this is boring, I wish something would happen. Well, what about those last three hours? Hello to you, Gerds. Hey, Dan. Unbelievable, weren't they? I mean, you just don't need to watch the first half of it. I mean, you don't worry about it. There's a little bit of action on the Saturday with the shootouts, but then everyone knows. It's the last couple of laps, Dan. It's the last 10 to 15 laps. That's where it all happens. It's almost as if, I tell you, they need... If Jamie Winkup was just killing them, and then it's almost as if they need a yellow flag just to bring it back to the field. I mean, and, and you know, he made his mistake. And oh, Can I commend... For the good of the race. For, for the, the good, good of the, the sport. Well, it always works. You can't go 161 laps without a yellow flag. I mean, it's nah. just impossible to think mm. that there's not going to be a prank. But can I commend the broadcasters because that shot, that live shot, they had 168 cameras, right? 168 mm. shots to choose from, which is absurd in itself. The one shot... And this is the thing about any major sporting event. It always, in the end, gets down to one moment. And you don't know when it's going to be, and you don't know what it's going to be, but you know that one moment's going to define the whole event. And to have that overhead shot live while Wincup bumps into McLaughlin, and then McLaughlin goes off the track, and he comes back, and you know he's going you know to cause carnage, and it's all happening live. Unbelievable television. And the director... The guy who actually chose to put that shot, whatever awards they have, he, just give him the awards because that was yeah. sensational. And then all the different slow-mos, and you saw Tander's wheel basically turn 45 degrees. You know, the, the people that put together rugby league and AFL and cricket do a wonderful mm. job. But can you imagine trying to put together Bathurst? It is an incredible coverage, and they're rewarded because the, the numbers are through the roof, but it was just spectacular television. And you know what they also need to thank, Dan, I think a little bit, and it got me, was social media, because everyone has sort of the race on, it's in the background, and then all of a sudden, when something like that happens, it alerts you. I got alerted on Twitter, and then I'm straight back in front of the TV. I didn't get to see the incident, but you get to see the rest of the race, because as you said, otherwise, Wind Cup was out there and it was all over. So, uh, yeah, congr- I really enjoyed the afternoon, and what a finish. What about Will, and we're going to speak to him soon, rolling over the finish line with no fuel. That's incredible. He had to have known that. Like they, they would be that precise in their measurement that I'm sure he, because he was conserving. They're, a, they're, they're phenomenal, these drivers, because not yeah. only do they have to you know, ride these things at 300 kilometres an hour and be precise, but they have to know how much, you know, to put, you know, how much... I mean, we're talking like experts, but you just can't admire them enough. Did you see any of the Brock show last night? It was um, it was promoted to the bejesus uh, mm. over the weekend. Did you actually get to see any of it? No, I was all raced out after the uh, after the finale and after the uh, celebrations. Dan, I missed it. What was it like? It was very interesting. I don't think he comes across as lovable as I thought he would have. Really. Uh, 
part one, now they tackled the issue of his first wife and, and did he strike her. It was really interesting that they made it very obvious that he did hit her, but yet they didn't show that. I thought that was a very strange and interesting sort of way around it. Perhaps they reshot once the first wife complained and said, if that's not shown, if that is not depicted, I'm going to sue. Yep. So I don't know, maybe they reshot it. But sort of, it's done in the same mould as, say, um, the Michael Hutchins uh, biopic or World Series cricket, where, you know, they're kind of focusing on a charismatic diamond in the rough, but I didn't get the sense nah. that he was as lovable as those other guys. Okay. That, yeah, okay, he was a pants man, we all got that, but... Yep. It's a bit of evil in his eyes. That's the way he was portrayed. I don't know if, if, if that was an accurate portrayal, but I tell you what, they, they haven't eulogised him in the most positive way. Anyway, that was my take. Wow. I don't know if you know, others agree. Well, the, the second st- is the second part tonight, Dan? Mm, yeah. yeah, that'll be interesting to see how it... Maybe if they round him off in the, in the second episode. He finishes up like not a bad bloke. Because, I mean, you know, he's obviously a, an Australian legend. and That's it. Uh, you know, we all look at Peter Brock growing up. You know, he was, he was the man. Even if you weren't into, you know, motor racing, you knew who Peter Brock was and you knew what he did. And, um, yeah, that, that, that's a surprise to me as well, Dan. So if that's who he was and they've portrayed it, well done for having the, the kahunas, the cojones, to portray him in not the most lovable way. Let's take a song because we've got Will Davison waiting on the line. We'll get to him right after this. This is the Rush Hour live on a Monday here on Triple M. The Triple M Rush Hour. Triple M, this is the Rush Hour. And look, it, it's always great when you can tie in something that one of us has done, Gerds, with the guest we're about to speak to. <laughs> no. You and Will have something in common from this weekend, oh, really? don't you? What's that, Dan? You ran out of petrol. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Except yeah. Will actually was so finite and bri- he got to the line. Gerds was stuck at yeah. Mount Oosley. Hello, Will Davison. Hi, guys. How are you? Uh, trying to drive light. It's a real hassle, Will. That kid crashed me on the weekend, mate. But firstly, congratulations. Um, what a performance yesterday. And, gee, what a race. Yeah, unbelievable race. Um, you know, the first 90 laps went green, which is nearly unheard of at Bathurst. I'm thinking, geez, this is pretty straightforward. Um, not straightforward, but as in it was, you know, it was spread out and it was just a standard strategy. But sure enough, the accidents happen and safety cars breed safety cars and all your planned strategies go out the window and it's just think on your feet and, and uh, you know, it just came down to an economy race to the end as to who could, who could get home on the fuel. What what do you class as your more skillful performance? Avoiding the carnage, that split-second moment, or boxing out Van Gisbergen at the end with no petrol? <laughs> Jeez, I don't know. You, you, you like to think you're in control of most, most situations, um, but a lot of it's instinct. You know, when you see an incident and uh, you zig right instead of zag left, I mean... You, you know, it's good when you, it comes off. You come out the other side of the smoke and, and you're like, wow, that was a close call. So it was close. And a lot of that's just, as I said, instincts and reactions. Um, and the other side of things, yeah, there's a little bit there's a little bit more to it, a little bit more thought process going into it, but there's a lot on the line, you know, and uh, the biggest race of the year, no one wants to settle for second. Uh, and to be honest, I was win or bust in my head. I was, uh, I'd rather be, you know, <laughs> getting spun off backwards and to, to sacrifice the win at Bathurst in the last two laps. So that was my mentality uh, for our little team and 
and we pulled it off. And also, I was trying to save the fuel, so I, ha- oh. I had a fair bit going on in the car. Now, well, I was just going to say, mate, obviously the drama continued after the race with Jamie Winkup protesting after the 15-second penalty. I would imagine you would have known that that took place during the race and you would drive differently uh, as opposed to when you're in first than when you're in second and you would have been, as you said, you know, conserving fuel and driving a just different race, not trying to catch up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, yeah, I don't think ja- yeah, I think Jamie's team have protested. Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a little disappointing. They obviously feel a little hard done by. They were very quick, you know, during the whole day. But that's racing, and um, you're exactly right. I mean, regardless of anything else, uh, with 12 laps to go, I-, I was told of the penalty. I was told I was the race leader. So obviously, uh, <laughs> I didn't bother attacking Jamie. Um, you know, I was very focused on going staying in front of uh, car 97 van gisbergen but uh, obviously very aware that i couldn't go full throttle i had to save a bit of fuel so it certainly changed my approach as to what you'd otherwise do in the last six laps in second at bathurst um i didn't bother attacking him knowing he was already you know 15 seconds behind i've seen some interviews today and heard some interviews today this is will davison obviously um you've said no concerns about the protest and you've got the trophy and the results final and we were told and we played to the rules are you a little concerned, though, that some people like John Bow have come out today and said Wind Cup was robbed, that maybe that tarnishes it a little? Um, no, I mean, because normally in the past, you know, uh, the other alternative is to drive through penalty, and then that's one way to make sure that the results are final. This way they were trying to be lenient, trying to be fair, and mm. instead of completely ruining his race, um, just giving him 15 seconds. So... Uh, but then, yeah, when he crosses the line first, um, you yeah, know, it creates this argument, doesn't it? So, oh, yeah, I'm not going to go into the actual grading system, what was right, what was wrong, but the penalty was handed down and um, the result's the result. Something I'm really interested in, and it's always great to hear some of the stories, we see what happened to Frosty, 300 k's an hour going into the chase and lost his brakes. Have you got any hairy stories or what's the, oh, the most anxious you've become behind the wheel in, in a situation similar to that? Yeah, actually, to be honest, I read that and I had exactly the same thing. In 2012 at Bathurst, I was the pole sitter and uh, the day just went pear-shaped and I uh, went down Conrod Strait. I had an anti-roll bar uh, come away from the car and I felt a big thump down Conrod Strait and I just thought it was a bit of chunk of rubber. But it was actually the roll bar coming away and, and it disconnected the brake lines on the way through and at 300k an hour, I, I, my pedal went to the floor at the chase and I had the wildest spin backwards through the gravel and... It was, uh, yeah, one of the most frightening moments of my life. So I can vouch for what Frosty felt. And, um, you know, it's that sort of day. You know, if you give the wall the slightest of nudges, it might be early in the day. Uh, sometimes that can just weaken something in the car and it, it can bite you, you know, you know, 50 laps on. So it's the sort of race where you've just got to try and look after the car for that sprint to the end. But, yeah, pretty hairy for Frosty. It's the last thing you want to happen at that part of the track. Well, that's uh, that was his problem. That's not your problem. You are the champ. <laughs> And uh, and thankfully not sick after that disgusting shoey. Now now come on. <laughs> I mean, how much uh, can you imagine? Goods the sweat that has been <laughs> soaked up by oh. that shoe, and he's drinking champagne out of it. Oh, we would it would have tasted like uh, fine wine, Dan. I mean, after how thirsty would you be? I mean, how how much weight will do you lose in a race like that? I imagine you'd be dying of thirst by the end of it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I just, I, I peer pressure that the, the crowd was going bananas chanting Shuey, so I couldn't let everyone down. And um, yeah, massive day. I can't believe these days, like that thousand K goes so quick because you do a stint, you literally get out for 10 laps, you got your helmet back on, 
and you're just in and out of the car and it's just a mental absolute roller coaster and uh yeah, I did about 650k of the race, and uh, that last 50 odd laps was mentally taxing. And yeah, yeah, absolutely spent at the end. Well, congratulations, congratulations, Will, mate! It was absolutely thrilling. Well done. Thanks so much. Cheers. There is Will Davison, one of the slew of V8 drivers that are very good to talk to. Goods, yeah, absolutely. Aren't they just so good? They're open and honest and gregarious, and it's uh, it's great to speak to Will the day after. This is the Rush Hour on Triple M. Guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. We did mention at the start of the show that we've been handed an incredible deal from Ovo Mobile. So if you switch to Ovo Data Sim, you're going to get 50 gig for $59.95 on 4G. And this is going to change how you enjoy listening to music, video, sport, all the stuff you do on your mobile device with nothing more than a new sim. And get this just for you for listening right now. Ovo will give you the first month at half price. Let's do some math. Let's work that out. A whole month to enjoy 50 gig on 4G for just $29.95, then $59.95 after that. So there's no contract and Ovo will instantly upgrade your plan to any better offers they release as part of their more for fans promise. And with 50 gig, you can afford to catch up with us more often. Open your browser now and get on at ilovedata.com.au. 50 gig for $59.95 on 4G and then half price for the first month. I love data.com.au. Now let's get back to the show. Uh, we're going to get to the details, awful details of the uh, Philip Hughes inquiry. Uh, no one's going to c- come out of that winning, but um, this has just been issued, Gertz. Football Federation Australia has today issued a show cause notice to Western Sydney Wanderers FC following an incident, Flair, in last, night's, in last Saturday night's Sydney Derby following yeah. consideration of submissions received from the club, FFA has determined to extend the suspended three-point competition point deduction hanging over the club Mm. until the end of this season. The club has advised it will not appeal the FFA. Now, it was originally going to end the suspended sentence until the 6th of February. This is now going to take it to the end of the season. So basically, they have to go the entire season without lighting off a flare. Otherwise, three points gone. Yep, well... What do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, that um, makes sense, doesn't it, Dan? I mean, first game, and there was also another incident outside uh, after the game where someone was knocked unconscious as well. So it's not a good start for the A-League, and, uh, you know, we, we love the rivalry between these two clubs, but um, we don't want drama every time that they play, and that's what we seem to get. It's a lot of home games. Isn't it? For this not to go off. Um, so there we go. The FFA, uh, rather, Western Sydney not... Um not appealing. So there we go. Let's do this. Now on the Triple M Rush Hour, another great... You cannot be serious! Censored moment in sport. Trail by two goals to one. Beckham could raise the roof here with a goal. I don't believe it. David Beckham scores the goal to take England all the way to the World Cup Finals. Give that man a f***ing <laughs> item. Doing the rush hour here on a Monday. Tomorrow, uh, we're going to be live at Etihad Stadium. Boz, I believe, will be joining us. Uh, so we'll have him on the show as we preview Socceroos versus Japan. So footy might be done, but um, it, oh, Bathurst, 
uh, Socceroos. We've got the Melbourne Cup in a couple of weeks, so it's all still happening. Let's do this. Not just tiles and bathrooms. ABL Tile and Bathroom Centre, your one-stop renovation shop. abltilecentre.com.au Right now, this is the Triple M Rush Hour. Sports update. Yes, thanks to the ABL Tile and Bathroom Centre, there is a coronial inquiry going on into the death of Philip Hughes and Gerds. It is absolutely brutal. And Everything is... Everything is under the microscope. Okay. Players, helmets, media, okay. ambulance response time. Every strand of this mm. is being picked apart and uh, it's going to go on all week. Today, players have had to relive and describe the fateful moment. Wow. Hughes was fatally struck by a bouncer at the SCG and the ugliest moment ar- arose with allegations bowler Doug Bollinger sledged Hughes with a comment along the lines of, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, The Hughes family, their lawyer, presented that as evidence to the hearing, of which Bollinger denied. Also, Brad Haddon was questioned about his tactics, about, uh, you know, body line-style tactics. It's my initial reaction, Gerds. Yeah. It's cricket. It's competitive cricket, and yeah. things are set on the field. Just because someone says, I'm going to kill you, yeah. doesn't mean that's their intent. It doesn't mean that, you know, they're not to be taken literally, and... Unfortunately, um, yeah, all these things now under the spotlight, Dan. And look, just hopefully that, you know, they come to some conclusions in relation to making the game safer, which is what I would imagine uh, the reason they're doing the inquest, you know, the helmet, as you said, safety, and then also response time and those sorts of things. But yeah, uh, certainly going to be tough for the family and the players involved. Cricket Australia did this in May, their own inquiry, where they determined that basically it's a freak accident and... Even if he had the modern helmet with the honeycomb-style protection on the back that clips on, yeah. the angle that the ball... The way he rocked his head back and the angle that it struck him at, at the precisely the worst p- spot, yep. nothing could be done. So mm. it will be... I don't want to use the word interesting, but it will be of note if this coronial inquest, which obviously has no vested interest, uh, comes up with the same determination. But I'm guessing a lot of strands here... The ambulance response time, I think, is going to come under the microscope as well. But it's just terrible. Absolutely terrible. If Nick Kyrgios hadn't been so uh, Nick Kyrgios this year, we'd be lauding his 2016 as the best by an Aussie probably since Leighton's glory days. He's had a great year. He's, what's he just won the the Japan Open or something, hasn't he? He's on fire, Nick. Three ATP Tour victories. Yep. He is now, I believe, has just edged up to world number 14 from 15. Mm-hmm. He's an outside chance of getting into the big uh, end-of-season championship in London. Probably not going to happen, but if he holds a yeah. top 16 ranking, that means he'll go into Grand Slams in, in, with a top 16 yeah. seeding, which means he won't play anyone above him until minimum fourth round. And he doesn't so, even like the game, Dan. He couldn't have <laughs> been bothered with it. it Imagine if a, he did. It's only a month ago John McEnroe was basically telling him, listen, if you're not interested, get out. Yeah. So I'm telling you, Gerds, I've said it for a year. I'll probably People, regular listeners, will be bored to tears of this. He only needs one good Australian Open, and I'm telling you, he'll be Australia's hero again. No. No way, Dan. No, 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 no. He's burned too many bridges, Nick. I reckon he probably he needs a good result over here, you're right, but then he also needs to come out and address some of the issues that, you know, in public that certainly some of the controversies that he's faced over the last couple of years, he just needs to come out and put that behind him a little bit. You know, I was young, I, I did That's some silly things. I just don't know if he's got that in him. I don't think he I don't think he actually 
thinks that he has done anything wrong. I think he's just, you know, he's playing his own, he's playing to his own tune, Dan. It's all he's got to do. Come out and say, I was a kid. I'm still a kid, but I did some dumb things. I apologise. Onwards and upwards. And I'm telling you, Australia yeah. will fall in love because we love a winner. Um, don't know if this has made news up there, but here in Melbourne, a massive story with Dane Swan admitting he took drugs during his career. The Collingwood star, not of the performance enhancement variety, but he just admit that he did try the recreational stuff. Uh, meantime, no deal has been done between Tom Mitchell, Hawthorne and the Swans, but Mitchell has formally made it clear he wants to leave Sydney. And this hasn't made much news, but I'm telling you, Gerds, it will by tomorrow, or possibly will, Tyler Wright, 22 years old, yeah. from the south coast of New South Wales. Surfer. She could be world champion uh, in 24 hours. She is into the semis at the Roxy Pro in France. If she wins, she's world champion. Is that there? So how many events do they have to go? They go over to Hawaii, so she must be. Is she leading the race at the moment yes. in the women's? Well, yeah, because it's only, what, mid early October? Yeah, I, I know they have one in, uh, in I think it's... Um, Maui. I think they go over and surf Maui when the guys are doing, uh, obviously, the, the Triple Crown over there in, in, in Hawaii. So wouldn't that be huge? I mean, she's um, she's got a couple of brothers. Obviously, Owen Wright's her That's brother. It. He's part of the men's tour and um, a real surfing family from the south coast. Wouldn't that be great? There you go. So that may be a world champion this time tomorrow. That was for ABL Thailand Bathroom Centre. Uh, we're going to speak a bit of A-League and Socceroos a little later, but a news update coming up next. This is the Rush Hour, Triple M. The Triple M Rush Hour. Triple M, this is the rush hour. What a busy weekend it is. And we've got a big game tomorrow. The reason I'm down here in Melbourne, Goods, is because the Socceroos play Japan. Yeah, and I'm envious, this, Dan. This is a big one. It's at Docklands, and uh, they might have the roof closed, given the weather down here. It's absolutely miserable. But this is, you know, the Socceroos are flying, Goods. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if they lose this, they could be fourth in the group. It is a brutal group. Yeah, absolutely, uh, and and same for the Japanese, Dan. I mean, they haven't started that well, uh, uh, and and you know, another loss for them could be crucial. Let's get, let's now. This is very. This is when you know that Socceroos and soccer is is moving on up. Channel Nine are now doing the games uh, in conjunction with Fox. But tomorrow night, in fact, for the rest of the Socceroos qualifiers, they are on uh, Nine Go. Yeah, uh, and it's live. And Michael Bridges is part of that uh, call team. G'day, Michael. Good day, guys. How are you? We're going good. This is a big one, isn't it, tomorrow? If they, if they, if they get done, and I'm, I know I'm looking glass half empty here, but, geez, I'll tell you what, it's a pretty slippery slope. It is, and you've got Australia, the Socceroos, on seven points, Saudi Arabia, seven points, um, Japan and the UAE on six points each, so it's anybody's game. And obviously, the Socceroos went to Saudi Arabia, got a draw, it should have been a 2-1 victory, but there was a lot of play acting came up from the Saudi Arabians and Ange Postacoglu mentioned that now they're going at this one at home against the Japanese it's a great opportunity to get a, a get a buffer um, of four points basically on top of them so for me it's a must not lose a win or a draw is absolutely vital for the Socceroos tomorrow night and really looking forward to, to seeing how they go and you've just mentioned um, the games are going to be on, on nine goal for the rest of the you know the rest of the road to Russia so we're going to be able to see how Ange's team and the Socceroos develop as the weeks and months go on, so I, can't, I cannot wait. Yeah, well, exactly right. It's uh, He's got a great squad, hasn't he, Ange? And he's sort of used it sparingly over the last couple of weeks with Cahill and those guys coming off the bench and uh, young Massimo. What, what's he gonna, what do you think he's going to do, Michael, uh, in tomorrow night's game uh, with, the, with the team? Who's he going to play? And obviously it's an important result that they need to win. I think the relationship that Ange and Tim Cahill have is absolutely brilliant because... Mm. 
to keep a player that is a superstar like Timmy happy to be on the bench and understanding his roles he's such a vital player but you know there's a lot more legs Ange's philosophy and style of play is really work hard when you haven't got the ball to win it back now that's not Tim's game Tim's game is get the ball in the box to Tim if he's in the box and he finds the ball whether it's with his feet or preferably with his head you know you're going to get goals so he understands what he's got to do so I, I still think they're going to go for a similar set up and a similar team that went out against Saudi Arabia um, which will have Rodjick in there Urich as the striker who's got two goals in three games now and Aaron Moy who is setting the world mm. alight at international level but also over in the championship in England everybody's talking about him in the UK so it's great and I think he will go for the legs because the Japanese um, with Honda um, Kagawa and Okazaki the guys uh, the striker at Leicester they've, they've you know they've running out of legs a bit with their age so I think it's a great opportunity for the Socceroos to capitalise Now over the A-League started this weekend they must be the the organisers absolutely delighted that looked magnificent on Saturday night in Sydney with with the uh, Sydney FC Wanderers game Oh it was I mean that's the first game you know round one and we're getting (laughs) 61,880 turn up to watch and it was just breathtaking to see it was great for football in this country um, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and you know the players did not disappoint it was obviously the Wanderers fan, fans and players will want to forget it but that just sets the standard for the for the league now they broke the record of attendances throughout the competition that's ever been so it was just um, a, a great first week for the A-League it was goals there was red cards there was um, record breaking crowds and like you say this is one of the reasons why Nine have adopted the Socceroos because the sport has grown so so much all right, we better let you go. Uh, it's on nine go. The rest of the game's uh, live, and in, it's in conjunction with Fox, actually. I think tomorrow night it's Michael be part of the broadcast team for nine, but then they take the Fox commentary, and uh, it is on, I gather, from 7 o'clock, 7.30? 7.30. Um, it'll be myself, David Zrilich, and Clint Stanaway doing the hosting from the, from the um, analysis section, so looking forward to it. Beautiful. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Michael. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Michael Bridges joining us on the Rush Hour. More after this. The Triple M Rush Hour. Triple M, this is the Rush Hour. Just about done. Tomorrow we'll be at Etihad Stadium. Well, Docklands. I'm not allowed to call it Etihad for the big uh, uh, Asia uh, World Cup qualifiers. Yeah. Socceroos okay. playing Japan. Never been to an event at Etihad. Gee, it's a good stadium. I've only been to some games down there, Dan, but no, I think it'll be... A, they'll pack that out tomorrow night, too. I'm surprised they're not going to play that at the MCG. Usually the Socceroos, they, they draw 60 or 70,000 mm. people. What's it hold down there at uh, Docklands? 52, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'll be a good so, game. Midweek, uh, I guess. We didn't get to some other things. Uh, just quickly, Australia now have never lost a Series 5-0 in one-day cricket. They trail the South Africans 4-0 after another awful display. Mm. Uh, honeymoon, can, the Brisbane Bullets, 2-0. They beat, knocked off the Kings yesterday. What, the ice hockey started? What are you talking about? The basketball, isn't it, Dan? Yes. It's hard to get and into the basketball. The Diamonds had a comfortable win in game one of the four-test series against the Silver Ferns. It's yeah. the, you know why they call that the Constellation Cup? No, Dan. <laughs> because the two flags have... The stars from the constellation. So they said they called it the constellation. That's Cup. Genius. Would never guess now, that. In forty seconds that we have left, Gerds, do you yeah. want to tell the audience what you're considering doing? Oh, look, my wife. My wife wants me to go on some sort of a colon cleansing diet, oh. Dan, where I fast for four days. Look, it's not a fecal transplant, so it's nothing major. <laughs> but <laughs> which they do now in certain parts of the world, which is quite unbelievable. They take the goodness out of some people and put it into some other people that that stomach isn't so good. But yeah, I'm thinking about. She's trying to convince me to do a uh, a four day fasting colon cleanse. 
Dan, I'll keep you posted. Haven't oh, I haven't committed to it yet. I just don't know when the timing is going to be right. But it's certainly so um, the theory it's on the is table. Full. We've got 10 seconds left. The theory is if you fast for four days, all the bad stuff comes out of you. There's a lot left in there in the, some of the nooks and crannies that you never get out unless you do this <laughs> cleanse, Dan. Enjoy your dinner, everyone. Been a pleasure. <laughs> and uh, ugly Phil, fellow Acras loser, join the club. <laughs> He's on after this. The Triple M Rush Hour.